This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing design and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my co-host, Alan, from Pixel Partners. How are you, buddy? I'm awesome, and you did exceptionally well considering the script that we've got in front of us actually has me reading it. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't say you were Alan from Pixel Partners. I should, yeah, lucky I didn't, man. So what's happening in your world, man? What are we talking about today? And Mate, today we are talking about interactive brands, right? Now, you know, we're in a digital age. There's plenty of opportunities for people to to have two-way conversation with brands. So what we want to talk about is just ideas on how you can build interactivity into your designs, whether it be online, offline, or otherwise. This is going to be a little bit of a free-flowing conversation, isn't it? We're just going to run with it and, and see what comes out of it. So, listen, I hope you enjoy it. It's good, yeah, because, well, what I've been up to lately is preparing my my presentation for a speech I'm doing in, in San Diego, which is going to be super cool at an e-commerce function. The, in this speech, what I am talking about are, you know, ways to, to get a higher, well, increase your profit overall on, on if, if you have an e-commerce business, right? So, in doing that, there's ways that relate to this topic so we'll dig into to that shortly yeah definitely and and i mean the leading e-com providers out there stores companies have found ways to enable interaction so rather than just being an online catalog man i have had an epic few weeks we've got a bunch of packaging work which we love doing and custom illustration work that we love doing we are launching something we've wanted to do in a long time is do more video work but because we're not video specialists and the bandwidth that's required for video it's been difficult but what we're doing is we're doing a lot of how-to videos animated based on our our skill set of custom illustra- custom illustrations and then turning those into explainer videos and instructional videos and things like that another great way to have people interact with your business you know very cool so yeah it's a lot of fun and and i think this topic came about because of one particular toddler product that we're working with which is a educational product and one of the problems that they've always had with their packaging is the product is phenomenal, but the parent needs to interact with it to see how good it actually is. You know, just a picture on a box doesn't do it. So we've spent the last couple of weeks developing concepts to allow that interactivity with a retail product on a shelf. You know, mm, Cool. Is- like, what are we talking so they can touch it and feel it and make it do things? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like a lot of toys have the try me button. But yeah, yeah. this particular product, which I can't disclose on the podcast right now, it has some unique features to it, which makes it very difficult to have a simple try me button. It's it's far more interactive and the way it's constructed needs quite a bit of thought into how would you produce a piece of packaging that allows somebody to touch, feel and interact with it. Because it's not just touching and feeling, it's making it work while still in a box, which is, it's been cool. It's been a lot of fun. Is there an app that goes with it? Interestingly enough, this particular company with one of their other products has a really great augmented reality app where there's actually no instruction book 
with the products, mm -hmm. but you fire up the app and you have this little card, which is the builder card. And once the app views the card, you can then select different models and it presents a 3D augmented reality image of, of the pieces of the product and you can slide the video through the steps of building it and you can rotate it, turn it, move closer, further away because it's that augmented reality. So this wow. is a toddler product. So an app is probably not going to fit. Because they're a toddler. Because the target market's a toddler, right? So They, they can use iPads. They, well, they can, you know, but I think the whole point of this is that it's a tactile thing. But yeah, look, yeah, you know, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and, cool. and it's not about the after sales part of it. It's actually getting them to interact with it in the parents and the grandparents and the uncles and the aunts, the ones buying the product and having them interact with it in store, just like, you know, every other toddler product does. It's an open box with the, the pieces tied in place where you can play with the toy. Very cool. And keeping it secure. We want to go to a little bit of a higher level than this. We're talking about an interactive, building an interactive brand and what, what that actually means. All right. So what's, when we talk about building an interactive brand, what do you think of, Greg? I think of building a, a tribe of raving fans that will help, you know, promote and get engaged with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And, and interactivity creates raving fans. Gone are the days, I believe, of bland brands that just have a product and a price. You know, people want to know more about the brand as a whole before they purchase, you well, know. Here's the thing. There's so much competition these days, and especially if you're selling a product that's not your own and is not unique and there's, you know, another hundred online retailers sell, selling the same product, unless you can put your own personality out there, you're just like everybody else. Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, I'm, I'm going to use Apple as a case study in this, right? And not in a good light. You know, you, you and I both, and, and our listener knows that we're raving Apple fans, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that they did as an interactive brand was created the Genius Bar when they created their retail presence, right? And the Genius Bar was a place where you could just go there. You had to make an appointment, but you could go there and you could get help, right? Now, if I buy a mobile phone or a laptop from the average retailer and I have a problem with it, I can't just walk in somewhere and have somebody talk to me face-to-face -face and go through the problem, right? I have to send it away. I have to wait two weeks. You know, there's all these, these problems. Now, my my iPhone went for a, a swim in the bathtub a, a couple of days ago, right? And it's not the first time I've destroyed an iPhone. And I have Apple Care Plus. There's another great way to interact with your customers, you know. Don't worry, if you break your phone, we'll sort you out, right? Now, I went to make a booking at one of our local Apple stores. And it was a week before I could get an appointment. And I think that is a bad interaction or a bad thing to be doing i mean in the last five years i've never had to wait more than three days to make an appointment with the apple store sometimes i could get an appointment the following day so they're encouraging me to interact with their brand but they're then letting me down because the level of of commitment that they have to the interaction is poor you know so i think you know, if they've got appointments blowing out a week, there should be some kind of warning system that tells them to bring more staff in for that, that busy period to make sure that people aren't waiting a week. Does that make mm. sense? It does make sense. It also makes me think, though, that they're just making room for an upsell, which I know I'm a part of, which is their joint venture program. So as a joint venture partner, 
you get priority. You don't have to make an appointment. You can just rock up to the Apple store and within five minutes you're served. Yeah, but there are millions of other customers that don't, that can't get that level of service. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But, I mean, it's making room for that upsell really, isn't it? I guess so. I guess that's a, the, the example is a great example of interacting with a brand. You know, they've taken it over and above what everybody else is doing. Yeah. But I think the integrity that you put into anything that you're going to supply that has an interactive nature is super important. And, and you know, you and I were, at a conference and I'm sure if it was this year's conference or the year before but there was this term being thrown down thrown around called fusion marketing and you know and I had to have a good laugh because it was like it was this whole new idea of you know not just interacting with your customers online bring it offline right talk to people on the phone post them out things you know and I was like I've been doing that for decades you know it's it's <laughs> It's not a new concept. And I always encourage people, where as online things became more popular, I encourage people to remember to stay grounded and make it a blend of what you do in your brand, not the whole thing. But I mean, you've got to see it all the time. People that have gone from one extreme to the other where they've been a completely offline business and now they're completely online. Yeah, absolutely. It happens a lot. We actually spoke a little bit about this in a previous episode with John Dwyer, the great JD, and that was a killer episode. Yeah, and, go back uh, and listen to that. That one, that was cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, you, there is a fusion. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you do online and offline, you're going to get a better result. And at the end of the day, you're dealing with people. So, you know, if you can create a brand where people are interacting online and offline, you're going to have a stronger brand. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Give me maybe your top two examples online on your website of how you could encourage interactivity. Okay, for sure. So here's one thing that I know two brands have done this extremely well. One of them is Frank Body, which is like a coffee scrub. So they started like about two years ago, roughly. And what they do is they sell um, a coffee scrub for your skin to help with cellulite and things like that, right? Now, they built their brand on Instagram, essentially, and they have a ridiculous amount of fans. I don't know how many exactly, but what they did was built a tribe of raving fans through Instagram and, you know, shared photos of beautiful women and their, and their clients even using and interacting with their product. And then they actually sold through Instagram their actual product. So, you know, they grew in a, a ridiculously short amount of time just by using that social media. And if you go to their site, you'll see like frankbody.com, you'll see that they have an Instagram feed on their site. And that's something that we encourage most of our clients these days when we're designing a website to do because it, it helps show that, you know, you do have raving fans and it creates... It's like one of the six secrets of persuasion that we use in all of our website design, which is pretty much consensus, you know, showing other people love your stuff. So that encourages more people to, to love it as well. Yeah, look, I used to use the analogy in retail, activity creates activity, you yeah. know, and it's very much the same in online. So you're making your website somewhere where they where they can then go and interact with you on Instagram. So you so leveraging social media is a great way to make your site more interactive. Is that what you're saying? Yep, exactly. Exactly right. I mean, you know, you you just have to find out where your clients and prospects are hanging out. It, it might be Instagram, it might be Facebook, it might, you know, whatever the case is, you want to kind of 
fuse the the two platforms into one and you can do that beautifully with instagram you can just have the instagram feed coming straight into your your web page and look you've got to find the medium that works for you your brand may be more youtube centric or more facebook centric yeah look i did myself a, a an ankle injury recently and i was really impressed with the the physiotherapist's videos on youtube that were available to show you how to strap your ankle properly you know and let me tell you you know one of those physios was local to me and honestly i've interacted with his brand now i was really impressed with what he had and if i needed to take this further and get physiotherapy i would be heading there you know without a doubt and it wasn't, he didn't charge me for that video, you know, but it was a great piece of content that allowed me to interact with him at a level where he wasn't selling to me. And I think that's the key to interaction is these elements, you know, we, we always want to be selling as a business and it's not about selling. It's just about having a conversation and communicating. Exactly, exactly. There's a client of ours, they're actually a an accounting firm, right? And what they've done is they've set up shop above a bar and they've actually they've purchased this bar now and so they all meet clients in this bar and you know they they're just having interactions that usually it's their first initial point of contact they'll have in the bar now you know not not all their clients are, are drinkers but at the same time they're just showing their human side and they'll just have a, a casual meeting with them uh, initially and then that you know leads into building that relationship and then eventually into business and that brings a whole new dynamic to a business meeting, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. That's great. You know, yeah, it's really cool. So, so people have got to, you've got to think, you know, you, you, an interactive brand is not just about having an interactive website or having a social media presence. It's how you interact and the opportunities you give your customer to interact with you on a daily basis, you know. So, yeah, for me, it's things like the ability to live chat on a website, right? I, I love live chat. I think live chat is the best innovation for customer service that's come around in a long, long time because I can't stand being on hold to a, a telco or a service provider for 45 minutes for what is a five-minute phone call. Exactly. You know, my main telco, my main mobile service provider has recently implemented live chat, and I love it. To me, that's a way that I can interact with a brand without the pain of sitting on hold. Most definitely, but any size business can, can you know, introduce live chat. I mean, there's quite a few services out there, and honestly, it's between, say, $10 and $30 a month, so I encourage it. We use it, and even when you're not online, it's not hard to manage anyway. We have a VA managing it, but when you're not online, the prospects or clients can leave a message, and you get emailed straight away, so it's a very, very helpful tool for the customer. Also, from a small business's point of view, you know, when somebody does call you, make the call pleasant, you know, for some reason, because all these big businesses have these, you know, automated touch tone menu systems, smaller businesses feel they need to have the same thing, you know, touch one to talk to such and such, touch five to talk to such and such. But you know what? Why not just pay somebody to answer the phone and direct you to the right person? Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're the kind of things that people need to think about when they are building an interactive brand. Are they really, yeah, if they have the ability to have that personal touch, make it a little bit more personal? A hundred percent. I mean, this is coming back to the point before of, you know, if you are selling 
something that everybody else is selling you're really you're not unique so if you can get personal and even add you know in your copywriting or your videos you know tell your personal story and explain your why um there's a couple of you know websites we've designed recently one of them's i'm going to mention it because it's you should check it out aaronchang.com this guy is a world-renowned surf photographer and you know the We've changed the, the the entire site, but the homepage approach now is all about his why and his video, and and it's and he's actually built a, a tribe of raving fans that love his work because he is a sensational photographer. But yeah, the, the whole point is you want to have your own personality and your own uniqueness in whatever you're offering. Definitely, definitely, and and make it easy for people to interact with your business. There's a great book, Insanely Simple, right, mm-hmm. which talks about the fact that complexity is the enemy of simplicity. Yet, as humans, we move towards complexity. Keep your interactions simple, you know, and and make them pleasant for everybody involved. How about offline? I've got a couple of, you know, just simple things that, that we've done recently. You know, people love gift vouchers and discounts, you know, yes. but everybody's doing electronic coupon codes. But there's a, a missing element to that. You know, it gets lost in mail, in your email. It doesn't have the same tangible feel. We, we produce, and we've done this for years, but we just recently did a couple of jobs where we produced uh, gift cards, physical plastic gift cards that mimic the swipeable gift cards that you might get in, in any retail outlet right? Sure. And instead of emailing a promotion, we posted that out with a nice letter to the customers, you know, nice. and the response is huge. And, and interestingly enough, I've got clients that have been successfully using this strategy for 15 years, you know, so I'm it's not, not surprised. It's not new, but people have forgotten that you can post something, you know, something that you can touch and feel interact with is very different to an electronic communication you know and as great as instagram and stuff are touch and feel is awesome most definitely and you know it's it's something that they yeah they get in their hands and they're probably less likely to throw out whereas if you have an email you just put it in your in your trash or whatever um and it's kind of gone forever but you know if it's a physical thing then they're more likely to to hang on to it you know, it's interesting. I had to grab a spare iPhone from a friend of mine to get me out of trouble while I was waiting for mine to be replaced. And he's a business colleague of mine. And I asked him for a favor because I knew he had a spare phone. And uh, when I went there, he pulled out of his drawer this little case, right? And opened it up. And that's where he had his, you know, I- the little iPhone pin and a few spare SIM cards and all these other little phone accessories that that he had, right? Yeah. And the funny thing was that little case was a case that I gave him about five years ago as a gift with something in it. But the case had staying power, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. So, there you, go. you know, it's an interaction that, that has lasted, you know. So mm. It's a really good point, actually. I mean, there's, you know, all sorts of, um, like, if you do have an e-commerce business and you just send your products in boring old packaging, I mean, that's kind of a wasted opportunity. If you do it, if you send it in some really nice packaging that makes an impact on them when they open it a they'll be more likely to to keep the packaging but b be more likely to become a raving fan because of the way it was presented look i absolutely agree with that you know for me a product is not just a retail product right if you have a service and you're interacting you should try and consider whatever you send to your customers 
your product and package it the way the best brands package their retail products. You know, Apple has a huge focus on the unboxing experience. You know, mm. this is post-purchase, but it makes their brand interactive. You know, people who buy Apple products look forward to the experience of unboxing their next Apple product because it's a beautiful experience and they've taken care with that. And it is an interactive part of your brand is unboxing your box. And, you know, interestingly enough, I just gave feedback to one of our clients where they had this spectacular carton, outer carton for their, for their, sorry, retail carton for their product. But the plastic tray that was holding the product within that was flimsy and, you know, was cracking and really let down the brand when I unboxed their product for the first time, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, what we're trying to, what I'm trying to say here is there's another level to interactivity. It's not just the face of your business. It's every touch point that your business interacts with you. It's how your staff answers the phone. It's how people unbox or interact with anything you send them or that they buy from you. Would you agree? I would indeed, yeah. Just back to the the packaging, you know, some some ideas that you might want to think of. Not It's not just about the way Apple do it, you know, all simple and clean and beautiful experience of unpacking, but, you know, get creative with the way you package. So, for instance, well, we did a, a t-shirt design, so we've got a t-shirt design business, right? And we released a blog recently that showed various ways that you can package your t-shirts to, to send to your clients. And some of the ideas, you know, that, that we discovered online where you can put it in a, a hamburger box, for instance, um, you can put it in a pizza box, you can put it in like a, a tin, like a, you know, a cylinder tin. Uh, another company came up with paint tins, for instance. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can make a memorable experience so yeah if you want to check that blog out go to download t-shirt designs yeah definitely i mean think outside the square think outside your own industry you know and what i've been doing for years now is i have a evernote which is basically let's call it an inspirations pad right but I, when I have a fabulous interaction with a brand, whether it be the way they packaged a product, whether it be a conversation I had with them on the phone, I note it down, mm. right? Because I don't know how or when I might be able to take that idea and use it in my own business. Absolutely. And you're more likely to, to rave about it to other people. If you have a good experience, just just another idea that I, I thought of was, you know, to get more interaction online. For instance, if you do sell a product or service online, you could ask your people in the post sale follow up to take a photo of them interacting with your your product for instance and then you know that can almost you can create a competition where you know they give you a selfie and you give them x for instance and that way you can get a lot of your customers interacting you know photos of them interacting with your products which if you put that on your site once again helps build that social proof yeah that's i mean i think that great interaction leads to more social proof and what you've done there or what you're suggesting there actually facilitates that in a more formal manner you know mm. and, and then again activity creates activity so once somebody starts doing it, other people start doing it you know and it has a snowball effect yep absolutely yeah. man yeah definitely so what else you got buddy any other tips there look Must i be. think um my last tip is going to be how thinking about how your customers interact with your brand post-sale. And I think t 
too many businesses let themselves down in this respect, okay? We, at Pixel Partners, we do a ton of work for creation of instruction manuals, instruction booklets, diagrams, right? Where brands are starting to acknowledge that they're doing a really bad job of explaining how their product works when a customer opens it up. Right, mm-hmm. and this doesn't have to necessarily be a physical product. This could be a, you know, th- you know, like an onboarding email or letter that you send as a service provider, explaining, well, the, here's what you can expect from us. Here's how you can contact us. You know, here's your, um, yeah, how to access whatever it is that we we offer you. Right, mm-hmm. but I mean, I I was given a gift of a a new, you know, I don't even know what the right word for it, a stick blender, you know, one of those things that you can blitz up soups and all those sort of things. Sure. And this is a big brand, you know, it was a, a not a cheap product. And the first thing I did was I wanted to open up the instruction book to understand what the different tools did. And the best the instruction book could do was tell me how to attach them, you know, and it was really disappointing. The piece of paper could easily have just had just a little bit more detail on it. And, you know, mind you, they had 14 pages of, of legal disclaimers <laughs> for the product, <laughs> but they couldn't put three or four pages in of, well, here's some suggested uses for these, these attachments. There you go. Lost you know. opportunity right there. Absolutely. And so so think about the way your customer, I mean, a lot of people are doing a great job of interacting by uh, giving great lead magnets and producing free content in YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. But think about how your customer interacts after the, the process, you know. Mm. Do you awesome. have any other last tips before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say, if you are not so afraid to put yourself out there, you will attract, like if you put your personality and your thoughts and your, um, you know, what you're passionate about and things that you don't like as well, and put your whole personality into your brand, you're going to build um, a tribe of raving fans a lot, a lot sooner, a lot, a lot easier, I should say. Look, let me make a suggestion on there because some people are going to go, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be the face of my brand. But go and look at how Wistia, the the video company, the video hosting company, inject that personality, right? Yeah, nice, so yeah. what they've done is they've found staff that are the essence of their brand. They hire very carefully, obviously, and they've got the selected staff are involved in their videos and their tutorials and their case studies when they're filming it. And they've inject, they've created, Wistia itself has a personality thanks to these people. So no one person is the the face of the brand, yet the brand has a great personality for the consumer to interact with. And I enjoy interacting with Wistia. I think they're a great company to interact with. It's a nice interface, isn't it, as well, even when you're, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, and they don't just let go of your hand after they've made the sale, yeah, you know. Yeah, good. I mean, the first thing they do is go, well, hey, let's step you through your first video, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then they continue to send you information that allows you to improve what you're doing. So that's yeah. an interactive brand to me. Definitely. So. And just on that topic that you don't have to put your personality out there, you don't, but if you can put personality into your brand. So there's an example I can think of, uh, which is called firebox.com. Go check that out. And I've just sent you a link, Al. But yeah, 
it's it's just very quirky products, right? But in between their quirky products, they have, you know, a little random, I guess even down to the copy within, you know, what they write. You know, you can get creative and, and just be a little bit um, different with, with your approach online and just, yeah, be, be a little bit quirky perhaps. I think you said it, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be quirky, but, you know, inject personality into your sure. brand, right? So your brand has a persona and consumers can interact with that persona. You got it, man. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed it. Mate, I think that was an awesome episode. I think we've got some great (laughs) tips in there. Listener, we'd love to hear your comments. Head to therealmagic.com and post some comments using the discuss tool at the below below the episode. Uh, Head over and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.